When it comes to maximizing time in the uplands, without fail, Onyx Hunt is my most valuable tool. From planning my next hunt through a new bird cover to navigating in the field, Onyx Hunt is truly with me wherever I go. With detailed mapping and satellite imagery, along with a multitude of map layers from land access to forestry and habitat information and easy-to-use tools to mark, measure, and catalog important information, Onyx Hunt seamlessly integrates digital scouting with boots-on-the-ground time in the field. With offline mapping and Apple CarPlay integration, you are free to explore the wild landscapes our beloved upland birds inhabit. Planning your next move in the uplands begins with knowing where you stand, and for me, that starts and stops with Onyx Hunt. Download the Onyx Hunt app today and use the promo code BSP20 to save 20% on your Onyx Hunt subscription. When the miles rack up faster than your flush count, that's when you'll truly appreciate your hunting vest from Final Rise. Built for the uplands and proudly sewn in the USA, the complete lineup of hunting vests from Final Rise, from their all-new Summit XT down to the minimalist Sidekick system, are all built upon the foundational load-bearing waist belt and low-profile shoulder strap system, which allow you to carry all the gear you need and do so comfortably while maintaining your ability to move freely and perform when you need to most. With a complete lineup of accessories and newly released performance field apparel, Final Rise has the gear you need to help you get the most out of every mile and every flush. Final Rise gear is built for the uplands. Get yours today at FinalRise.com. This episode of the Bird Shop Podcast is presented by Onyx Hunt and Final Rise. This episode of the show, we talked to former guest and owner and founder of Final Rise, Matt Davis. Thanks for tuning in to episode number 175. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Birdshot Podcast, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. As always, coming up in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with Matt Davis, owner and founder of Final Rise. I've got a few things to share with you before we do that. And first and foremost, I want to emphasize this. In conjunction with this episode release, Matt and the team at Final Rise have decided to run a brief promotion on their vest systems with the Birdshot Podcast. So by the time you're hearing this, or shortly thereafter, if you go to finalrise.com and use the promo code BIRDSHOT, you can save $30 off any complete vest system from Final Rise. That includes the Summit, the one I've personally been using for the past couple seasons. I love that vest. The Legacy, a little more scaled-down version of the Final Rise vest. And the latest and greatest iteration, the Sidekick, which is their most minimalist offering to date. All of them utilizing the same foundational waist belt and compatible with the included, or in the case of the Sidekick, not necessarily included, shoulder harness system. 
there's a ton of versatility in these vests and what you can do with adding to and subtracting to one of their systems. You're not locked into one vest. You can really mix and match a bit and sort of add things to your system down the road as needs arise. We're going to talk all about that on today's show with Matt Davis. You will learn a lot more about it in our conversation. But the point we want to make right up front is that from now until Sunday, June 5th at midnight, you can save $30 on any complete vest system from Final Rise. Do that at finalrise.com and use the promo code BIRDSHOT. All right, before we get into today's conversation, thank you, as always, to my Patreon patrons. Your continued support of the Birdshot Podcast is always appreciated. You'll remember up for grabs this month, our Patreon monthly giveaway, Onyx Elite subscription card. That drawing will be coming up at the end of the month. Anybody interested in becoming a Patreon patron of the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash birdshot. Sign up for as little as five bucks a month. You'll get a little gift pack, including some Birdshot podcast can coolers and stickers, and you will be eligible for all Patreon monthly giveaways. As always, once again, big thank you to all of the Patreon patrons out there. All right, got a couple of events coming up. I'm packing up gear and tomorrow morning headed to Pine Ridge Grouse Camp for the Pine Ridge Grouse Camp Onyx Hunt Grouse and Woodcock weekend. Very much looking forward to that. Hope to see some listeners there. And next week, the state of Wisconsin is updating their Sharptail Grouse Management Plan. And next Tuesday, May 24th, there is an open house at the Douglas County Wildlife Area. May 24th, 6 p.m., Wisconsin Sharptail Grouse Society will be there. And no doubt, a whole host of other resource professionals, volunteers, and folks interested in sharp-tailed grouse in Wisconsin. I am hoping to be there myself. It's a really, really cool place to be, and there'll be a whole lot of like-minded folks there with a special concern for sharp-tailed grouse and a really unique habitat type in this part of the world. So just a heads up on that, May 24th, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Douglas County Wildlife Area Look up at WI Sharptails on Instagram for some information. State of Wisconsin DNR has more info. If you got questions, get in touch with Bob Hansen or me, and I can point you in the right direction. And lastly, one more event that I just want to throw out there in hopes that perhaps some listeners will be there. Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever Clays for Conservation on Friday, June 3rd at the Horse and Hunt Club in Minnesota. Myself and a few friends have registered as a squad of shooters and we are all looking forward to being down there for the clays for conservation event i have yet to shoot any clays yet this spring so whether or not i get out before then i have no idea but i have no doubt it will be an enjoyable event i've been to it once before hasn't forever quill forever always do a great job so looking forward to that hope to see some folks down there as well and one last mention and one last mention as i've been out Doing a little bit of turkey hunting this week, unsuccessfully so far, but having a good time out there. I've been back in my gum leaf boots, of course, which are pretty much my go-to boot, especially in the spring. I mean, it's mud season. So depending on the temperature, I'm either wearing my Viking neoprene line boots or my Viking Tex boots, which have just a simple fabric liner in there for warmer weather use. Always keeping my feet dry, comfortable, and I really do think they help keep the ticks off. It's one of the other benefits of wearing rubber boots. I've never done any scientific studies on that, but I feel like I've noticed a little bit of a difference and I've heard that from other hunters as well. So I was talking to Jack Butler, the owner of Gumleaf Boots, about proper boot care when it comes to these knee-high rubber boots and keeping them conditioned with a good silicone product on them. And really just wanted to mention that although Jack's 
inventory is pretty limited at the moment. He does have more boots on the way this year. You can reserve a pair if it's something you're interested in. You can learn more about him at gumleafusa.com, and you can always give Jack a call with all of your questions. Gumleaf USA, get him while you can. All right, don't forget to leave the Bird Shop Podcast a rating, leave us a review, subscribe to the podcast, follow the podcast, whatever you can do on the particular podcast app you like to listen on. Send me an email, share some feedback on the show. Always appreciated. You can email me at nick at birdshotpodcast.com. And we are going to jump into our conversation today with Matt Davis of Final Rise. He's been on the show a couple times before. I don't think I need to set this one up too much. I mentioned the promo code already. Don't forget about that. Save 30 bucks on any complete vest system from Final Rise with promo code BIRDSHOT. And with that said, let's welcome into the conversation and onto the BIRDSHOT podcast of Final Rise, Matt Davis. rolling bird shot podcast welcome back to the show matt davis how you doing man nick what's up brother i appreciate you having me back man oh yeah always a pleasure looking forward to catching up with you and chatting what you been up to man i know you were you were doing some turkey hunting lately yeah um man it's been a been a super busy spring man i think yeah the last time we we got together was almost a almost a full year ago and we just had, had launched the legacy and uh but yeah, things are things are incredible, man. We we did a bunch of turkey stuff this year, really diversified the offering and had an incredible response to that. You know, had had a bunch of stuff out last year, didn't push it an awful lot, but uh, leaned into it a lot more this year. And then had a great 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 hunting season. Was able to go out to California, um, killed a couple birds out there, and then was able to hunt here in my home state and get a really nice bird as well. So it was kind of fast and furious and short lived that. Uh, always seems like it goes by so fast i think i hunted like five days total and was fortunate wow. to kill three birds in those five days so it like almost was bittersweet i'm like oh crap now what am i gonna do <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i need i need some of that good juju i've i've only been out two days yesterday and i got out today a little bit but no luck so far but the the listeners uh, are familiar with with my uh, turkey hunting escapades up to this point it's i'm i'm new to the fairly new to the game i guess this is my fourth year doing it i was thinking about it as i was walking and calling today and i've yet to kill a bird on my own solo so that's obviously a obviously a goal of mine this year but i yeah. felt i felt uh, i was pretty pumped today actually i i found a spot i kind of i e-scouted it yesterday i drove and i checked it out yesterday and i found what i was hoping to find which was a gated forest road so i went back there today and i did not get out early this morning i had to drop my son off at school so i started about nine so not ideal but it was it was in the 50s today and very calm and sunny so as far as i understand a pretty good day for turkey hunting i think and yeah. uh, I was just walking along and calling, and I found tracks pretty early on. So I, I could see so we have this weird thing here where we didn't have, well, I should say, like, this is just kind of, I can't say this for sure, but we really didn't have a lot of turkeys in this part of the state for very long. And I talked about this on a recent episode with Levi Glines, and they've sort of been moving north. And now I've, you know, they're, they're further north than here, but it just, it doesn't feel to me like I could just go anywhere to any piece of woods that I might go grouse hunting and get into turkey. So I'm kind of picking and choosing where I go based on like sort of my knowledge of talking to folks. Yep. And 
but anyways, the point of that being to see tracks was, was a, you know, a thumbs up. Like I knew I was obviously in the right area and I walked up to the spot. I had dropped the pin on Onyx yesterday that was like an intersection of these two forest roads. And it just looked like I was actually thinking I would maybe park there before I knew it was a gated road. And lo and behold, that was about a mile behind this gate. And when I got there, right where I had dropped the pin to this intersection in the roads, I saw there was strut marks all over, like for, for like a couple hundred yards, there was strut marks and tracks and all kinds of stuff. So I'm putting that in my book as a, as a win for my turkey hunting, just to scout a spot and find the sign, even though I didn't see any birds today. <laughs> Hey, dude, that's a, that's a W in any book, especially this time, especially this time of year. Right. I mean, it, it's, it's so late in the season and I mean, they're kind of starting to break back up. At least they are out, out here kind of starting to get out of those super flocks and you're starting to see Tom's hanging out with Tom's again and kind of doing that song and dance. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun. It was a good day. And I'm getting, getting closer and closer with, with each step. So we'll see. I might be, might be in a little different part of the state this weekend where I know there are turkeys and, and, uh, we'll see if I have some time to get out and chase them there. But yeah, I, I was going to ask you with the Turkey sort of accessories and additions. And I mean, you even have like, it's kind of a Turkey version of the vest, but it's, it's the leg or it's the summit vest, isn't it? That's correct. And theoretically, you can actually, because because of the way that you can attach the seat specifically, because we use the same shoulder harness and the same waist belt, universal across all of our offerings, right? And so the, the Legacy is obviously a simplified version of the Summit, a little bit simplified game bag, but you can use the, the jacket lashes. You can attach the turkey seat to the waist belt. Okay. And so you can actually use a Legacy system. So we do offer a full Summit setup with you know, all the turkey accessories on it, ready to rock and roll. Um, but yeah, for anybody that already owns a summit or already has a legacy, you've obviously got the ability to kind of just diversify your kit. And that was the whole point of the system, I guess, right? It was really to create a product that was applicable. That's, you know, your, your plug and play with what you're using for certain applications and the turkey stuff's done extremely well. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I remember that sort of part of the conversation going back two years, the first time we had you on the show in, you know, it was just the summit vest at that time, which it wasn't even called the summit vest. It was just the final rise vest, but you were, you know, you had, you had, you had ideas in your mind and you kind of knew where, where this was going. And that was the ability to expand and, and add on. So here we are, you know, two years later, it's, uh, it's really cool to see this development. Now with the Turkey thing, I was wondering, like, was that kind of, was that part of the master plan from the beginning or is that something that kind of happened organically? No, that was honestly a plan from, from the very, very beginning. And I feel like I have the worst timing in the world because it seems like, you know, some of these big brands seem to have the the same thoughts or they, they execute at the same time that I'm, I'm leaning into things, but it was definitely an intentional part of it. You know, I've looked at the Turkey space quite a bit specifically. I mean, I, I turkey hunt a lot. I've turkey hunted for years. Um, definitely kind of have our, our style of hunting, what we do out here in the West. And I l- kind of looked at what was available or what was being offered to that space specifically, you know, a lot, lot of great stuff per usual, but I didn't feel like there was a really lightweight, no nonsense setup. And so that was really what we kind of hoped to cater to. And you've throw a seat on there. You've already got a very light harness. You can carry the bird in the back. I mean, I can't tell you how many people were like, dude, it's so nice not to have to 
sling a bird over my shoulder and try to carry it, you know, a mile or two back to the truck, you know, the numb elbows and the, the tight <laughs> forearms and stuff kind of, I mean, there's something very nostalgic about that, right? I mean, you see a picture of someone carrying a turkey down a road and it's yep. just like, it just takes you there. You can just feel that picture, right? But from a functionality perspective, it's fun to get those pictures, but I've usually got so much stuff, you know, I got a decoy, I got my gun, you know, depending on where I'm hunting at, I may be a couple miles from the truck and I, uh, I like just being able to put it in the back of the bag and just be able to let that do its thing. Right. I mean, the whole, the whole thing is it's like, well, if it can carry a 50 pound, 60 pound dog, it, it, it can carry Turkey. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's from a functional standpoint. That is, uh, I remember the, I've only had to carry a Turkey twice out of the woods and the second time wasn't very far, but the first time I was, it had to be, I don't know, a mile and a half or two miles back and way up on this ridge. So at least we were going downhill on the way out. But that was something that having not turkey hunted before, I had probably seen those pictures and thought, oh, that looks that looks cool carrying the turkey out of the woods. But then <laughs> didn't realize like there's <laughs> that's a that's a that's a legitimate task actually carrying that big bird out of the woods. Not so, not as a, not quite like carrying a grouse out of the woods. <laughs> no, a twenty to twenty five pound bird it hits a little bit different when it's bouncing off the back of your legs and you're getting spurs on wing. there yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's cool i mean it's it's still super cool i'm i'm all about that yes yeah. there's something about it but definitely for just the I, I say it all the time but it's a it's an all function no fluff approach like all the gear we design is very very purpose driven right i mean if it if it doesn't serve a purpose we're not putting something on there so for a lot of those guys that are like, man, I just I carry one or two pot calls or I've got a box call, you know, I carry a striker or two. Like in my mind, I don't need this very robust um, heavyweight thing that just covers my entire body. You know, if, if I'm if I'm a serious bird hunter and I've already made an investment into a, a good piece of gear that I'm confident in, I, I'd rather to use that. You know, if it's plug and play and I can, you know, swap on a couple accessories and use that same vest for multiple applications, you know, that, that was really the design principle behind it. But to me, hopefully that's kind of perceived as, as value by people, you know, it's like, Hey, if you invest in a final rise system and you do more than just upland hunt, which so many of us do, there's a lot of crossover, you know, upland, Turkey fishing, all these different things, right. There's, you know, some, some opportunities to really get some more mileage out of our gear. Yeah. And definitely something to be said with, for the your best friend in the fall that that upland hunting bird vest you know you're comfortable you're used to it and being able to when you have a good one that has that has that waist belt then you can carry you can carry the gear the right way you know you kind of get spoiled in that regard and then like i actually the first turkey vest that i had somebody had just had given it to me and it, it's a decent one. It's got a nice seat on it and lots of pockets as, yeah. as I always envisioned a, a Turkey vest would have, but going back to a vest that carries all the weight on my shoulders is like, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm moved beyond that point And, uh, my shoulders have taken enough abuse. I like to get that, get that weight down on the waist belt if possible. So yeah, that's, that's cool. So you've got, I know there's like little mouth call pockets and stuff. What else, mm-hmm. what else, what other Turkey specific, um, accessories do you have? Yeah. So let's see, we've, obvi- we've obviously got the, the Turkey seat on there. Yep. Um, we've got that mouth call sleeve pouch you talked about, and that can just go on your, on your shoulder harness, very minimal and discreet. And, you know, really the whole thought behind that, and maybe some of these other accessories, accessories that we'll talk about here is like, you know, thinking through the process of walking a road, 
you're striking a bird, maybe it's windy, you're reaching out with the box call, you get a bird to strike, you're going to put that away, maybe you're going to move over to a pot call, you've set up, still need some volume, he's coming in, okay, now I'm switching over to a mouth call, you know, I'm just going to purr him in and just at least pull him the last little bit if I don't have a collar on by myself. So strategically set things up on the waist belt so that everything's accessible. There's a box call. Uh, we've got a short box call holder, a long box call holder. I know there's lots of different sizes of box calls out there, especially yeah. when you get into, you know, custom calls and stuff like that. So the the longer box call came kind of secondary just due to guys saying, hey, like I've got this box call that's freaking huge and, you know, I got it from my grandpa <laughs> or it was custom made here. I really want to use it, but it doesn't fit this smaller one. So we made that larger one to be able to accommodate that. So we've got a turkey seat, a mouth call pouch for your diaphragm calls and your harness, a couple box calls. And then um, one of the things that we that we kind of talked about and, and include on that turkey system is we use the same pockets that we refer to as side pockets on our vests, on our on our summit vest. And you can actually use those as, I guess we'll call them shell pouches. Because everything's modular, you can swap it out. So yep. using those little bit shorter pockets, um, I, I put my pot call and everything in there. I actually had two in there, you know, um, call maintenance stuff, you know, some sandpaper and whatever. And then uh, we created some little pouches specifically for striker sleeves, um, just individual pieces. So even if you carry multiple strikers, you can have multiple carriers on there. And obviously, where you've got a modular or Molly platform, it's plug and play. You can put stuff, you know, really wherever, wherever yeah. you want it to. So pretty simple, simple stuff at the end of the yeah. day. But that, I mean, to me, that's kind of how we hunt. I mean, there's I, I've I've hunted with guys that every, you know, pocket on on those turkey vests that you talk about, they have something in them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If there is a pocket there. We'll use it, right? <laughs> right. Inevitably, right? That's, that's dude stuff right there. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it, I'm a, I'm a less is more type thing. Like if I've got three calls on me and I can't, you know, finish a bird or make it happen, like it's it's okay if I don't get that bird that day. I'm I'm okay to try another day. So yeah. that that's kind of my whole approach. So what about the uh, what about the gunstock cradle? Do you use that on yours? So the gunstock cradle, I I didn't use that during turkey season specifically. You know, we kind of launched that in unison with the sidekick bag, which I'm sure we'll talk about it here at some point. Um, I, I think that's really great for more so for training sessions. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. that'll be great for dove shooting, uh, different things like that. Um, I've, I've had buddies that use it even when we're chucker hunting, you know, they get up there and the, the lava rock and s some of that terrain isn't very nice to guns. And so if you hike a, a nicer gun in there, the last place you want to put it is set it down on the lava rock. So, uh, I, I personally didn't use it during Turkey season, but when we're going to be shooting doves and everything here in the next little bit absolutely i'll have one on my vest yeah cool i i just was i'm looking at this accessory page and saw it and I, i've seen stuff like that before i've never never actually used it for anything but then it just kind of got me thinking and like i i had this whole bit about i i repurposed my old my first shotgun this little remington 870 20 gauge for, yeah for a turkey gun and i put a sling on it and it was this whole uh process where i 
it was very simple, but it was a big deal for me to put, put this sling on the gun and, <laughs> and I did it. And, and I'm, I'm happy with that. Cause again, yeah, as you know, when you're turkey hunting, you don't need the gun at the ready all the time as, as you would be yep. when you're, when you're bird hunting. But then I was looking at that gun stock rail. That's, that's cool. But that's, yeah, that's a good point. Obviously lots of applications for that, whether you're at the clay range or in the dog training field, just something to kind of set it on. That's cool. Yep. Absolutely. You nailed it, man. Right on. Before we sort of move on from the from the turkey hunting for now, how long have you been turkey hunting? Oh. Does that go way back what? for you? No, I wouldn't say way, way back. I've probably been turkey hunting for like 10 years. Okay. Um, I, guess, I, I guess I'm not very old. I'm thir- 31 now. So since I was in my er- early 20s, and yeah. I initially started out, um, most of the turkey hunting I did, I think the first seven birds I shot, I... I, I used to bow hunt almost exclusively and i was really into traditional archery i, I shot you know, recurve um killed killed a lot of animals with that but i used to i used to turkey hunt with my recurve and that's how i killed my first i think seven birds i okay. shot so you're sitting it was it, it was fun i mean but it was you know i i wouldn't consider myself even now the, the best caller or anything like that you definitely learn certain things but yeah. Um, oh, the, the first bird I shot with a gun, I think was only two years ago. Um, okay. and I just bow hunted up to that point and I shot one with a gun. I'm like, that ah, was fun. <laughs> <laughs> were you, were you bow hunting for reasons other than just, just wanting to do that? I know around here until a recent regulation change in Minnesota, if you archery hunt, you can hunt the entire season. So you have a lot more flexibility with dates and stuff. So I don't know if that, mm-hmm. that if that played into it at all for you, or if you were just wanted to use your recurve bow. No, Utah isn't that cool. That'd be great if they gave <laughs> advantage to people that chose uh, something that was a little bit more of a challenge. Our general season's general season here. It was okay. more of a, just uh, just a, a passion. It's something I did for a long, long time and was uh, super into. So I, I enjoyed the challenge of it. It was it was a lot of work, <laughs> but it was fun. Has turkey like I don't know why I just have this this. It's kind of like a like a little infatuation with turkey hunting. Going back to that point I brought up about how, you know, we've had them in Minnesota for God, I don't know how long. I know they did some relocation and stuff, but it's just like up mm-hmm. here, like you, you, I don't even think you could hunt up here not that long ago. I'd, I'd have to fact check all this stuff, but now it's just like it seems like this new opportunity. And obviously, I have limited experience with it. But w- was it always kind of a thing growing up for you? I mean, were there always turkeys there, or do they have this? just turkeys in general have they've had these fluctuations in populations and they've come back strong in a lot of areas that I don't think they always were but I guess my knowledge is pretty limited on that yeah you Utah for the most part we've we've almost always had turkeys you know um our our state has done a lot of relocation okay. um you know a lot of, a lot of trading um golly they were trading Idaho turkeys yeah. for moose at one point <laughs> uh, any, anyways yeah I mean it's, there's just always like this like all this finagling going on like a lot of the stuff that i used i used to hunt has since been sold and it's been bought up and there's houses on a lot of it and stuff and i mean back in the day you know i used to be able to go knock on doors and people are like you want to shoot those okay like just don't shoot my horse or my cow you know and it, it wasn't it wasn't a big deal but anymore you know the kind of demographic and things have just kind of changed around here. So it's, it's definitely takes a little more effort to get on a lot of these birds because obviously they're, most of them are prospering on, uh, on, on private ground, which is great, you know, but, uh, 
but yeah, there's, there's, for the most part, there's always been turkeys. I don't, I wouldn't say it hasn't always been like, a, I, I didn't grow up turkey hunting by any means. I got into it because a good friend of mine that I actually shot and uh, traditional bows with and bow hunted with a bunch. He's like, ah, he, he was from Alabama and he's like, oh, you need to, you need to try turkey hunting. And, you know, we went out and started getting into it and I was young and single and, you know, had, had a good job and we were just freaking running around trying to, trying to figure <laughs> it out, you know? And so it, it's definitely a passion that's, uh, that's developed over the years. And any, I mean, I, I really, really look forward to it every year now. And I've been lucky to go hunt a lot of different States and do a lot of different cool stuff. So they've grown on me. They're like, uh, for anybody that's hunted elk, they're like miniature elk. I mean, if, if they could smell, you'd never kill the darn things. Right. Like they're, they're cool. Any, any, anything that I can call and like engage with mm. that's, that's got my attention. Yeah, that is obviously maybe the most interesting dynamic of it all. And yeah, I, there's I haven't done anything like that before Turkey, so obviously I'm really really excited about that aspect of it, the the calling and the engaging side of things. That's uh, that definitely makes it. It has the other thing going for it, where it's this off season activity, so to speak. You know, it's in the springtime. Yep. That that sets up really well. But yeah, the calling and uh, that gobbling is it's pretty dang exciting. <laughs> Oh my gosh, dude! Yeah, <laughs> watch watching a bird do it, like yeah, holy smokes, dude! Like that is that that gets me amped up, man. <laughs> there's there's lots of stuff about it that from before I I went and and saw, and I have you know I have a lot left to see, but like just like when they pop into strut, I mean they're like the sounds and stuff. I mean everything is like there's so much more to it, and it's and it's from the outside looking in high level. It's like little subtle details, but man, there's a lot of depth to the experience. Absolutely, man. And I, I feel like I'm still scratching the surface. So it's a, it's a fun journey, dude. I have a lot of respect for the guys that just can go out and, you know, no decoys, just straight up, just know how to put birds in their lap. Like I, I, I hope I can get to that level someday. Yeah. Yeah. What's your go-to strategy? Like if you're going turkey hunting tomorrow, what without, and you don't have one roosted, what are you going to do? Man, I'm going to get to, I, we, we can see so much country here. Sure. I mean, a, a lot of the hunting, hunting we do, I mean, get to high ground and listen for them and, and glass them up and, and look for them. I mean, there's so much, uh, there's so much visibility. Yep. It stuff, stuff's a long ways away, but you, you really have the opportunity here in Utah, I guess, yeah. to, you, you can put eyes on those birds and, uh, really make them move on them, get in front of them, ambush them. Or just kind of just follow them, shadow them for most of the day. Once hens, you know, lay up for the day and the toms start wandering, you know, go set up in an area maybe where I've seen scratching and strutting or different things like that. Or just pinch points that maybe the bird just walked through 20 minutes before I'm going to go hang out there and see if he'll see if he'll come back thinking I'm a a hottie with the body. So (laughs) uh, (laughs) that's worked pretty good for here. And then other states, I mean just lots of calling. I mean, California, we've usually had pretty good luck striking birds up and getting them to getting in front of them or, you know, setting up on a bench, getting above them and, you know, throwing out a breeder decoy or whatever. And once they pop up and see that decoy, it's, it's game over at that point. Those birds usually play pretty nice. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. It's uh, definitely enjoyable. I'm having fun with it and uh, keeping a good attitude about it, but it's a, it's a blast. That's for sure. Yes, sir. Okay. So I want to hear, I want to hear a little bit about upland hunting 2021. How was your season last fall? Super busy, obviously, with final rise, but um, I'm sure you got out and chased some birds. Yeah. Oh man, it was uh, it was it was an awesome year, man. Definitely 
extremely busy and, uh, you know, trying to, I, I used to joke early on, I'm like, I am not missing hunting to sew or ship vests, but I probably did a little bit of that uh, <laughs> <laughs> more than I wanted to, but that's okay. I'm, I'm, we're so grateful for the support and the, the opportunity to do what we're doing. And yeah. I do get to hunt a lot. So, you know, me giving up a morning isn't the, isn't the end of the world, but, uh, Man, just a really really good year. You know, I I, I moved um, this past year, That's so right. yep. um, you know, live about an hour and a half south of where I was living before. So Idaho was a little bit further, but uh, got up there quite a bit for sharp tail and pheasant and some quail. That was awesome. Ventured out to Wyoming this year uh, specifically for sage grouse. We used to go do Idaho every year, and they kind of switched stuff up, and it went from you know, you could get the, you just get the permit or whatever. And now it's, you know, 75 bucks for a single bird. And, Mm. you know, that's a annual small game license in some States. So did some exploring and found a lot of birds in Wyoming and had, had some good hunts out there. And, uh, dude, one of the, one of the things that got me back to my roots, obviously. So I actually bought the house that I grew up in. Oh yeah. 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 Ironically enough. And so it's kind of, it's, you know, pretty cool to be here, but I'm obviously like right back where I started hunting. Yeah. And there were a lot of places, you know, that I hunted growing up as, as a young, even before I could carry a gun. And so this past year, I, uh, I spent a lot of times just going back and doing a lot of those hikes and, uh, just taking, taking a stroll down memory lane, if you will. I've, I've shared, you know, the story, before I talk about my mom, you know, she'd drive me to the top of these canyons and I drop me off that. and I'd yep. walk down them and she'd wait. And those are the same canyons, you know, so pretty, pretty special. And, uh, yeah, it, it just means a lot to me to be able to be back there, but really more than anything, it really kind of rekindled my love for, for grouse hunting. You know, we, we've got roughs and blues here and man, just, just access to so many beautiful places and steep country. It's rough, it's rugged. So, and I'd like forgotten that. I don't know how I, you know, I obviously hunt mule deer and elk in these same mountains, but in my mind, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's elk hunting or, Oh yeah, that's deer hunting. And I'd like disconnected that, you know, that, that whole experience. And so we, we, I spent quite a bit of time doing that with my younger dog and dude, it was, it was so fun. It was a, it was kind of a year to, recharge and reminisce and be yeah. a little bit closer to home. I didn't travel quite as much as I, as I normally do, but I would definitely say I hunted just as much. So it was awesome. Gearing up for your next hunt, check out Ugly Dog Hunting Company for all your dog supply needs. Ugly Dog Hunting carries a full line of products for your bird dog and even some for you. Whether you're looking for dog collars, GPS tracking devices, kennels, beds, leads, training equipment, or first aid supplies, Ugly Dog Hunting carries it and a whole lot more. New owner of the company and friend of the Bird Shop podcast, Mike Nadusky, loves to remind me that while I do hunt with pretty dogs, every dog can be an ugly dog. Check out the entire selection of gear for you and your bird dog at UglyDogHunting.com. For many upland hunters, along with their passion for dogs, birds, and the places we chase them, comes a passion for shotguns. Upland Gun Company specializes in customizing shotguns for the upland bird hunter imported from Italy and shipped direct to an FFL near you. Select from one of their side-by-side or over-under shotgun platforms and customize the fit, function, and aesthetics to your liking. 
Design and build your next Upland hunting shotgun with Upland Gun Company today. Visit uplandguncompany.com. That's cool. Anything strikingly different about some of those, some of your old haunts? Yeah, you know, honestly, no. I mean, some of the... That's cool. Which is, I mean, there's definitely from a... There's a lot more recreating, okay. um, you know, camping, side-by-sides, four-wheelers, different things like that. There's a definitely, like, a, a much higher, you know, traffic of those things. Um, one of my favorite hunts this past year, so our, our grouse season starts September 1st, and it goes through uh, the end of December. So it's a pretty long season. Usually by November, you know, we've got snow, and obviously grouse are moving, you know, moving up into the snow, going, like, reverse migrating, essentially, right? And... So a lot of times you can't get to them, but, uh, there was a gap in our big game hunting seasons cause everything's kind of overlapping. Right. And one of the last general hunts is our muzzleloader elk hunt. And that had just ended and I just got a wild hair. I'm like, dude, I'm going to see, I mean, we'd get, we got a little bit of snow. I'm like, I'm going to see if I can get up to this one Ridge. And it's a place that we go and cut wood during the summer for my in-laws and their wood burning stoves at their homes and everything like that. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can get up there. And, uh, anyways, I've got a, I've got an old Jeep Cherokee, the old war wagon is what I call it. from uh, <laughs> John Wayne war wagon. And, uh, anyways, rallied that thing up there, almost got it stuck a couple times and, uh, broke through. And I just, I was just driving this road and I was kind of just looking for tracks, just like when we're hunting lions or bears, you know, you're kind of just driving and saw some grouse tracks that were looked looked fairly fresh you know up on this big ridge it was kind of wind blowing and so i knew there'd be some food i'm like sweet you know we'll we'll drop dogs here and open them up and i hadn't even got my vest on and both my dogs are 100 yards away on point in this pine pine group go over there like 20 blue grouse wow. get up out of this and you know shot a beautiful double on some birds I actually mounted that pair of birds that are sitting right here in front of me wow. it's just Super it's like cool. very, anyways had a, had a wonderful hunt was able to run into some rough grouse and stuff as well. And it was quick, but it was like, it was cool because no one was in the mountains. I guess my, my traffic reference earlier, like going out, like when there was no hunt going on. Yeah. I, it's been a long time, man, since I've been in the mountains and not seen like another vehicle for, you know, an hour and a half of driving. It was, it was really cool. I really needed it. It was a, it was a really good uh, personal spiritual hunting recharge that uh was pretty special for me yeah how is the you kind of you bring up a just a like i'm curious like how is the balance of the off-road like the side-by-sides and you know places where you could go and walk that are maybe not motorized or just that it's interesting because obviously the side-by-side thing is it's gone crazy because of the the advancement and the development of those vehicles i mean it's pretty yep. it's pretty wild and i mean we see it we see it here obviously and i I, mean, I totally understand why why those things are are popular but yeah how is it how is it out there like how do they kind of handle that oh man i don't think that well that's probably like kicking a hornet's nester i mean i don't mean it to be like that you know i'm just i'm really just curious <laughs> no. but no it, it's it's a good question man i i really i think there's always people that are going to do dumb stuff with a good thing right 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 and that's that, that does, it doesn't matter if people have been driving four wheelers off of trails for years right, right? like it's not like this isn't something new that hasn't always happened, but it's definitely, you know, open that up. There's a lot of people that I think disregard, you know, the fact that there's other people on the roads. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's lots of accidents and stuff. And I mean, it's, 
and, and it, they're they're cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I I don't own one. That's what I bought the Jeep for. I was like, that's my that's my redneck side by side, my two thousand dollars side. <laughs> yeah, <by> exactly. Side. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to trailer anywhere. I just drive, and I don't care if I scratch it or beat it up or whatever. Um, but no, it's good. Utah's tough though, because every every ridge man has a road on it. Yep. So, I mean, you definitely get people that uh, take advantage of that and just drive roads. And I, I get it. Not everybody's out there hunting for the same reasons. And some people just would, would rather be able to shoot birds and hunt them. And, you know, to, to each their own is if it's if it's legal and there's a limit and they're within that, then so be it. That's, you know, not how most of us enjoy it. But uh, you, you definitely see some of that. But I, I don't expect everyone to agree with everything I do. So teach their own. Right. Right. Yep. No, I hear you. It's, that's the access is a, can be a slippery slope. You know, it's nice to have access to places where you want to go, but then, you know, like, like you said, I mean, I know places where, yeah, you feel like you're kind of in the middle of nowhere and you're up on this ridge top, and then all of a sudden there's a, you know, there's a sand road going right across the top of it. And it's <laughs> like, well, I wasn't expecting that to be here, but you know, that is, yep. that is what it is basically. Yep. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny because you could probably, uh, you probably have your choice. You could probably buy a pretty nice little Jeep for the price of some of those side-by-sides. They're pretty crazy. <laughs> oh, God, dude. I mean, yeah, there's freaking $40,000 side-by-sides and that's like bare bones. You can go spend five or six. I mean, obviously they cost more now because everybody, you know, just with how things are going, I mean, used vehicles are right. Yeah. through the roof. But I, I fortunately got on the front end of that. But I mean, yeah, you can go spend five or six grand on a little you know, four O and that thing will take you everywhere you want to go. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's just not a, not as flashy as a, as a quote side by side. That's funny. Yep. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. They're definitely, there's, they're not as pretty, but they're functional and that's, that's how I lean. So <laughs> I, I had a, a bunch of different vehicles when I was, my dad has sold cars for a long time. So he was, he was kind of always like, he would have like a little Tacoma or a Jeep or some kind of yep. every fall, some kind of hunting rig would show up and we would use that, use that for the fall. So a couple Jeeps, Jeep Cherokee sports mixed in there. And yeah, got some good, oh, yeah. good mileage out of those babies. There's their money, dude. I'll never not have a beater truck in the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> and I drive it every, I mean, honestly, it's like I bought it. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to drive this during hunting season. I don't think I've, I mean, I've driven my truck a couple of times because we've been moving into the new warehouse. But other than that, dude, my truck just sits there. I'd rather just, I'd rather just put my miles on the old war wagon. Yeah. (laughs) I will say that I, uh, I don't know if I'm saying this sheepishly or not, but I drove my 2007 Toyota Camry turkey hunting today because it was basically all paved roads to get there. And you know, the price of gas these days. (laughs) Oh, dude, I, dude, I I have a, I've, I've had a Subaru in my lineup for a long time. I've got a, (laughs) an outback that thing gets 32 miles to the gallon that's Beautiful. what i average going to california i'm like dude I, you, you can't beat that so if i if i could find a camry that i knew i could get you know 30 plus on dude i'd ha- i'd absolutely drive that my dad has an old uh i don't know if you've ever seen they're called those uh, volkswagen rabbit oh it's the most ugly miniature truck that was ever created on this earth and it's a little diesel, dude, and it gets like forty-five miles to the gallon. My maybe dad, I can, maybe I can picture that. I might have to look that up. <laughs> oh, my, dude, you will. They are so funny. I mean, I literally think the tire diameter is like twenty inches. Like, <laughs> I I could jump over. It. I could if I got a running start, dude. I could jump over that truck. Or not lengthwise, widthwise. I yeah. could. I could. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, man, a little, little redneckish, but hey, it works, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> so 2021 hunting season was a blast. A couple of cool grouse hunts in there. So so those canyons that that you used to hunt when you were younger that they were pretty much those that was grouse hunting. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's what I cut my teeth on. That yeah. was the that's all I knew as far as upland hunting for a super long time. Obviously, obviously pheasant hunting and stuff. I didn't get into chucker hunting until I was probably in my early 20s. Okay. Yeah. I do. So I've I do only been chuck running for about 10 years. Yeah. yeah. I, I went and I served a mission for the church that I belonged to and came back and, uh, you know, was, was just hunting a lot, got back into dogs and wanted to extend my season. And my buddy's like, dude, you ought to go hunt chucker. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> went out once, ran into a covey. They freaking just ripped past me. I think I was shooting an auto loader at the time because I'd waterfowl hunted and didn't even take a feather off of them. And it was game over at that point, dude. I was like hooked. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out. That was one thing I forgot to ask you. And uh, I was thinking about this because I interviewed Levi Day, obviously a buddy of yours on the yeah. on the most recent episode. We were talking all about shotguns and shooting and stuff. And what were you, and when you mentioned, um, you know, you had started shooting turkeys with guns a few years ago, what were you carrying in the turkey woods this fall? Or sorry, this spring. Yeah. So yeah, this spring, let's see. For the past two years, I've hunted with uh, a 28 gauge. Okay. I, I bought one of those uh, Franke Instincts and a 28 gauge. I have a, I have a 20 gauge that I waterfowl with now. But I, when I was first looking into 28s, I was like, well, I, I want to buy a gun that I know is going to fit me. And I shoot those Frankies really well. So I bought it. Anyways, that was the gun that I converted to a straight grip. Yes, I remember that. Your gunsmithing skills blow mine out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I, I think I usually hurt them more than I make them look pretty, but I'm not afraid to grind on them, that's for sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I've, I've been out with the with the 28 the past, all last year, shot both of my California birds with the 28, and then got a wild hair, try the 410s. I know that's like all the rage right now. Yeah. Those little Savage 301s are like 150 bucks. And I mean, honestly, modern TSS loads are just, just silly. Yeah. I mean, they make the it doable. Day, like, yep. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Is mean, that Savage 301? Is that like a little, is that like a single shot break action? Yeah. Or what is it? Okay. Yep, yeah. Yep. It's a, it's a little, little single shot, dude. It, it, it's freaking cool. It's a cool, the triggers on them are garbage but they're <laughs> they're they're cool little guns i put a little uh little red dot sight on there nice. and uh played around with some chokes and loads and uh found something that shot super super well and took it out and only got to hunt for about 30 minutes but i shot my bird at like 30 something steps walking away and nice. I mean, he was as, he was as done as any bird i've ever shot with any other gun so wow tss nine shot nine and a half nine and a half okay okay yep I, I did pick up some nine and a halfs in 28 gauge this spring and I patterned it, but then I, I, I diverted course and, uh, came up with that idea to repurpose my old Remington 870. So I went back to the 20 gauge, which I have in nine shot, which I used that last year. And yeah, it was a, I don't know, 40 yard shot and yeah, it's a, uh, it's quality stuff. Dude, it, it, it throws a cloud, man. That stuff is, uh, <laughs> it's it's a good thing and it's a bad thing right right it's, it's, right it's a right. great thing if you're if you're making good shots but yeah you see people doing some silly stuff mm-hmm. with it so yeah yeah <laughs> yep, no doubt yeah so looking ahead you got anything on the on the well i want to talk the vest a little bit and got some questions for you on the sidekick and stuff but yeah this um this upland season anything uh anything in the works as of yet or are you just kind of fondly looking forward to it like i am yeah you know, i mean 
Definitely looking forward to it. We've got some we got some fun new things we'll try uh, branching into here. Hopefully, as we as we kind of increase capacity, um, getting into the warehouse. Um, yeah, been fortunate to find some people that have been helping us. So, yeah, we're doing a bunch of it. Obviously, in house still have some out some uh, outsourced purposes that are super helpful. Just local stuff that's been awesome. Um, so, looking at uh, looking at a couple. You know, maybe some dog stuff and some gun specific stuff. I don't know. Maybe maybe a couple more fun things we'll add, yeah, add cool. to the lineup there. So yeah, I, I was checking out your Instagram account and I saw the the little brief uh, tour video of the new factory. Tell me about that. What's um? You got a new space that you're working with? Yeah, no, super super blessed man to be able to find this spot. I mean, it, right now where I live is just like blowing up. <laughs> there's a there's just there's a lot of money that's come into the area so property taxes and just there's gotcha it, it's just it's it's expensive more than it should be honestly and you know with that you know rentals and warehouses and all that stuff just kind of skyrocket you know I've, I've kind of been looking for the past year or so um, we've just been running everything out of our house i'd kind of converted our basement, our garage, and like two rooms upstairs into, <laughs> you know, storage for everything. I, I don't think I've parked a car in my garage in the two years that I've lived here. Now. <laughs> That's so much stuff in it. But, uh, you know, to, in, for, for me, I just want to be able to put ourselves in a position that we can, you know, continue to further the work that we're so passionate about and hopefully be able to hopefully scale and offer a better experience. And I knew that, that just wasn't going to be able to happen in my basement Yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, call it divine intervention or what just uh, ended up meeting the right person at the right time. They were moving out of the warehouse and I was able to get just a, an incredible spot. It's like five minutes from my house. Beautiful. You know, open that up and uh, you know, just really tee us up for some fun opportunities. So going to be able to move everything over there. been spending late nights my wife's over there all day every day i'm still still working full-time for uh for mountain ops so i'm still doing that so gotcha bless my wife's heart she's uh she's a trooper and she's, she's running still, the show she's running the show she keeps she keeps the the ship afloat and then as soon as i'm done at, with my other stuff around five o'clock i turn around and do that till you know midnight or one o'clock every night and uh yeah, it's, it's going to be so awesome, though. I mean, there's just so much we want to do. I mean, I kind of just alluded to some of that stuff. There's so much opportunity, I feel, to really continue raising the standard of a lot of the gear um, that's offered in, in the Upland community, uh, specifically American-made products. And so uh, we just definitely hope to continue to push hard on that stuff and put ourselves in a position that we can put some of that new stuff out there. That's awesome, man. I'm uh, I'm happy for you for sure. That's funny how that stuff seems to work out. You know, at the timing was obviously perfect for you there, but that's great. Five minutes from from home that'll uh, that cuts down on on commute and allows you to keep building the business and living the dream, right? That's 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 the hope, man. We definitely <laughs> feel super blessed to, that the opportunity came up. So it it should be a really positive thing for us. Awesome. So, all right, let's talk sidekick vest system. So, so this is the third time we've had you on the show in the first year, as we kind of mentioned earlier, you had the flagship vest, which is now the summit vest. And that was kind of the, the whole shebang right out the gate, which was cool. And then you've sort of, you've obviously had lots of accessories and a couple iterations of the vest, all of which 
are built upon the same foundation as you stated earlier that same waist belt and shoulder harness system so the sidekick vest system is a little bit different a little more scaled down than than the legacy talk about sort of the uh the inspiration for it and what it is yeah so our our sidekick vest you know it was it was interesting we we the sidekick and the legacy were two products that even from the get-go were kind of on on the radar and uh, obviously the legacy was a trimmed down version of that summit knowing full well that not everybody's going chucker hunting all day and has to carry you know half their half their car in there or whatever you know and you know being able to offer you know a premium american-made product at that price point you know when you compare it to a lot of the the larger brands with imported stuff you know we just feel so proud to have a dog in that fight if you will and it's been it's been such a great product for us and so we're we were stoked with that and that was really kind of the goal of that was to be able to have a more minimal offer but the sidekick you know the sidekick was looking at you know specifically training dove hunting and then a lot of your quail quail hunters and understanding you know what those guys needs and and what they don't need and there's a lot of guys that hunt everything right and so you know in that application you know a summit's going to be your workhorse do all no matter where you go no matter where you're hunting you've got a setup that can do that but for guys that you know, want a more minimal setup or want something that's a little scaled down that just simply meets the exact needs that they have. That's really where the sidekick came in. And so what the sidekick is, is a smaller game bag. You could say it's, it's, it would be comparable to, uh, you know, a dove belt, yep. if you will, in, in, in that kind of size frame. A couple of the things that I really wanted to do with this vest. And again, it comes to understanding what these guys are doing and what they're looking for. You know, we wanted to make sure there was a lot of modularity and that there was the ability to carry the things that you need. Now, you, you got to think about desert hunting, right? Well, it's like, okay, you need to be able to carry a bladder. You know, you might not carry a vertical bladder, but you need to be able to carry water. Like water is still a necessity, even maybe more so in yeah. some of those applications. But they're looking to cut weight simply so it breathes so it's not as hot. So, you know, we designed that sidekick specifically to be compatible with a lumbar style bladder. And so you can still have that. You can still have, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, the two water bottles, you know, the two 32-ounce water bottles and the holders. Nice big zippered pocket, you know, on a lot of the Dove bags, it was this little like four by four pocket. And I wasn't quite sure what people put in there. Maybe it was more aesthetic, but yeah. really creating a diversified kit that, you know, was easy to load. That was one thing that was with was hard with some of them. And so what we've done is we use the, same itw nexus two inch buckle that we use on the front of our of our waist belts we actually use that as our closure system so that offers quite a bit of adjustability so even it's easier to access on the side you can obviously unbuckle it and open the bag entirely and then you've got some adjustability there so even if you know you're looking for a, a pheasant setup where two birds is your limit what or wherever that may be well, you've got a, a scaled down version of that vest. And most of the testing was done specifically, you know, by quail hunters. There's a couple guys that I really, really appreciate their feedback on. They're just go get them guys, just no BS. They're going to tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. And yeah. so, you know, was able to send some more of those out, get some good feedback from those guys. And this product, it's, uh, you know, I, I speak to systems, right? And a lot of people, because this whole concept is fairly new to the upland space, the nice thing about this sidekick, so if you have a summit or you have a legacy, everything on that vest is modular. That game bag can be taken off of the waist belt. 
And so you can then you could then swap out your existing game bag and put that onto your existing vest. So now you don't you don't have to go buy a whole new vest, whether it's for training or dove hunting or whatever, or going to the you know going to the trap range. Like you can just scale that down. And we did make it compatible, so you can either run it with a shoulder harness or without a shoulder harness. Gal, I'm trying to think what other key points I can hit on there. I feel like I'm rambling a little no, bit. No, yeah, but, I think, uh, yeah, I think you, I think you, I'm looking at it here. I've got the website up in front of me. And actually, I've, I've looked at this picture before and I checked it out and I'm kind of now realizing a couple of things that I hadn't before in that I knew that this, so the, the sidekick doesn't come, it's not priced out the gate with a shoulder harness. It's, it's meant to run as a waist belt system. You can add the shoulder harness. And when you're saying like, I'm looking over at my my summit vest, I could, if I already had the summit vest, you could just buy this, you could buy the sidekick system and just keep the shoulder harness that I've got on my um, summit vest. And then that would, that would tie into this little sidekick bag. And again, like the first thing I thought of when I saw this, and I'm, I'm sure it was one of the purposes was like a clay shooting vest and just thinking, totally. about, you know, trying to like when you're shooting, shooting in the summer and, and kind of practicing for hunting season, you've got the same if you had the shoulder harness with it, you have the same kind of vest system there shooting, but you don't have all the all the extra gear and pockets and stuff because you don't need that at the clays range. But you're shooting in the same vest, which I think I think there's some tangible benefit to that. No, and that that's that's the whole beauty of it. I mean, you 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 nailed it, Nick. I mean, even even if you have just the summer vest, I mean, we sell just the Sidekick bag as the bag. So if you wanted to continue using the pockets that you already have. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to go invest in a whole system. You yeah, can the water bottle hole. Yeah, you just buy the bag. I got you. Yeah, that's super cool. So definitely we've kind of left those options open depending on, you know, what people are looking for. And there's a lot of guys that are just buying it as a full kit. You know, I've had a couple guys like, oh, I want to run it in tandem with my Summit. And they buy just the bag and then they end up just buying the rest of it. They're like, eh, I don't want to switch stuff back and forth. So, you know, to, to each their own, but it's definitely, right. you know, it just takes a minute or two to to kind of snug that back on there and swap it out. But it's uh, super straightforward and easy that anybody can do it. Well, there's no doubt that anything you can do to allow today's purchaser or consumer to customize slash curate their experience or their product. I don't know if, how new of a trend that is, but it's certainly a, a trend. And uh, I can speak from the up and gun company side of things. It's definitely appreciated by a lot of folks to be able to kind of mix and match and, you know, build something that that's really tailored to your needs. So the modularity component definitely resonates with me. And as, as each iteration of these vests comes out, I think you're kind of like inspiring people that can kind of see which starting point works best for them. And then obviously the beauty is you can kind of add and add and subtract as you see fit. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's been interesting. There's been a lot of, a lot of grouse guys specifically that are like, this is, this is my setup. They I want see something just, just super minimal. You know, if you buy in a system, it comes with those shorter pockets on the front. So yeah. you throw some water bottles on there and you've got a shoulder harness and, I mean, it's, it's a very, I mean, the word versatile often gets freaking beat to a bloody yeah. pulp in our space. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but it, it really is a versatile piece of gear. There's just, there's just so much to it. You know, you look, if you're looking at the website, you know, on, on the tops, on the sides, we use, we use a ladder lock cinch instead of snaps. I'm not a big snap fan. One, I don't want metal to scratch my gun and snaps wear out just over time. And they're kind of a pain in the butt to adjust, but you've got those nice straps on the top. If you need to cinch it closed, 
you just pull that lash away from you and it's going to suck in so you can adjust, you know, that side. Is that on the bag part of it you're talking about? Yep. Okay. Yep. That's on the bag part of it. Gotcha. Yep. So that's how you can kind of adjust the very, the very top, kind of those access holes on either side of the buckle. And then there are zippers. So on either side of the bag, it's not a very wide pocket by any means. I think it's about three inches wide, but there are zippered pockets on the side. So, you know, if you got a pair of nippers or a multi-tool or something like that, like there's a lot of organization built into it. Like, honestly, it was, it was really interesting, you know, mo- the tail end of the, the testing, you know, as I was kind of pushing those final renditions after we'd got, you know, a lot of feedback from different people, you know, the only hunting that's open is chucker hunting. So I actually took that out a couple of times and actually Levi Day was out here with me yeah. when I was kind of testing one of those, one of those final uh, renditions. And it was interesting. I was, I was still using my summit shell pockets, which are those deeper pockets, but I didn't really miss out on carrying a lot. I had, you know, there were a couple, couple things I had to drop from my kit that I would normally carry, but with the amount of storage and the carrying capacity that's there, like I didn't actually lose a lot, (laughs) which was really interesting to me. I honestly didn't think that that was going to be the end result, but there's, there's a lot to that bag that you can't see just looking in the product picture. So hopefully we have adequately described it and uh, got you excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Folks should definitely check that out. The sidekick vest system. That's probably the newest, biggest addition. We've also, uh, I know last year we talked about, we talked about the gloves and you and I touched base recently that you were having a hard time even keeping those in stock. What's the status on the, on the field gloves? You know, we, we got in a big batch, you know, it was, it was, I think end of last year, placed another order with these guys and it was like you know it was kind of hey you're gonna get it when you're gonna get it Mm -hmm. and we got everything in and i think we sold through most of that actually i I know for a fact we have i have another order in i don't know if i'm gonna see it this year but i think i've got maybe 20 or so pairs of each size left which is a fraction of what we got in so the gloves have been have been really good man and the, the feedback has been just awesome like I think for anybody who's making something right, you you obviously like believe in it. You're like excited about it and you want everybody to love it as much as you do. But, you know, there were so many times I was, you know, I'd get messages, you know, through the season. I got a message from one guy and he's like, hey, I had, you know, 80 days or whatever in these gloves. And he sent me a picture of them and he's like, dude, they're, they're still like new. Awesome. And just so many people like, you know, finally someone got a field glove right. You know, and there's, there's a product for everybody. I'm not saying ours is the best when someone says, this is the best. I'm like, okay, I'm I immediately yeah, yeah. discrediting, you know, anything they say after that point, but they've been, they've been awesome, man. Uh, the quality of them, American made, just the components and everything. They've been, they've been wonderful, dude. I've been super stoked on it. Yeah. Very cool. And then, uh, the last thing I will mention that I know that this was one, I think this was put it out last fall was the accessory pouch handheld, you know, most of us have, uh, have bird yep. dogs and we got some kind of GPS or, or e-collar transmitter. And that was a, that was a, a fairly recent ad, right? Yeah. Yeah. We had those going into this, into this past year. And that was a, an, an answer for a lot of the guys that were looking for a, a convenient way to be able to carry that. Obviously handhelds are a can of worms. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody All has, different shapes and sizes. Yeah. Yep. Not, not only the handhelds themselves, but where people want to put them and their preference on carrying them. And so, yep. Even, I mean, initially it, during the designing phase of our very first vest, it was how do we build a platform that allows people to 
you know, build it out for themselves, right? And and we definitely had handhelds in mind for that, whether that's clipping off the D-ring on the front of the waist belt, whether that's clipping a carabiner somewhere in on the shoulder harness or attaching a pouch, or, you know, if you've got a summit shell pouch, you can, you know, zip open that exterior pocket, tether it to the D-ring and just drop it in there and just leave it open so it acts like a pouch. Like, we really tried to think through how everybody uses their handheld and again, just build a foundation that caters to all those unique uh, wants and desires. So, yeah, I still think I've got a pretty darn good way to carry my Alpha 200 and my my Summit vest. It works perfect for it, Maddie. So, great job. <laughs> I'm not trying to cut into your your pouch sales here, but <laughs> no, no that, well, that's the thing. Shoot, dude, I I tell guys this all the time. They'll call me like, "Man, you got a lot of stuff." I was like, "Well, dude, if you don't." If you can't think of something to put in that pouch or you don't see a reason to get it, like you can always order it later. Like yeah. I always tell yep. like maybe man, maybe I'm a bad salesman. Maybe I should be trying <laughs> to sell it. But I just don't want to I just don't ever want to sell somebody something they don't need. Like Absolutely. there's just no point in that. And so I, you know, a lot of times I'm like, dude, just get the get the foundation set up, get your vest rolling. And if you feel like you're missing something, you're like, Oh, that makes sense to add that come back and get it. You can always add it. That's the whole beauty of that whole system. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Awesome, man. Well, we're, uh, we're getting close to wrapping up here, but I do want to give you the opportunity, anything else on the radar? I know you mentioned some, some, uh, maybe other use items coming up for maybe different pursuits other than upland bird hunting. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll let guys connect the dots here, but when I was thinking through, I mean, this is, you know, three or four years ago now, like what to call the brand, you know, final rise i'm like okay that that speaks to a lot of things that i really like because there's there's two things that rise birds and fish nice (laughs) i'm an avid fly fisherman i fly fish my whole life i live you know super close to you know some blue ribbon fisheries and just have access to some incredible places and so Fishing has always kind of been on the docket, and so we'll continue to lean into our waist belt and our shoulder harness system and, uh, you know, roll out some modular options. And guys that are looking for uh, some fly fishing packs and just fishing in general, or maybe you'll just use it as a recreating pack for some some hiking and stuff like that. We're, uh, we're working on some fun stuff that I think people are really going to like. And I think there's a, there's, I I think there's a huge mesh between the upland and fly fishing and turkey hunting markets, right? Like, I feel like these like three passions that a lot of us share are very like cohesive. Like we all thoroughly enjoy them. You know, we turkey hunt to kind of scratch the itch during the spring and then, you know, we'll fish during the summer until it's, you know, time to get behind the dogs. And it's just this gets you around the calendar pretty good. It is. It is. When you love it as much as we do, you're, uh, you're, you're always out doing something. So hopefully we're coming up with products that are again, adding value to our, you know, our diverse offering and giving folks a reason to keep using gear that they love. Well, that's very cool. Yeah. I'm sure it will be, uh, on the same level as everything we've seen, uh, from the final rise up and bird and turkey hunting products. So yeah, I'm excited to check that stuff out. Anything else on your mind other than just trying to get set up in, in your new shop and get ready for a, for another summer and fall? <laughs> <laughs> no i mean go I'm, I'm actually looking. let me cut you off here how, how was uh yeah. let's let's talk just a, your brief uh experience at pheasant fest i know you had a blast there you had the booth yeah. there. So first time going talk about that no I'm, I'm glad you brought that up man dude that was that was so awesome nick that was kind of a a last second thing i honestly hadn't really planned on going you know i kind of 
show season, show season. So if, you know, the company I work for, you know, it, it's in the outdoor space. And so there's obviously shows going on and stuff. And yep. I've always had this internal conflict of like, oh, do I, if I go do this, what does that look like? And I finally just said, you know, I'm, I'm doing it. Took the time off unpaid, you know, and was fortunate. I've got some incredible friends that helped me put together an awesome booth and, the weather was horrible getting out there, you know, 13 hour drive turned into a 20 plus hour drive oh, and, but it was worth every freaking second, man. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just so grateful that we were able to go and just meet and see so many awesome people. And it was, it was fun. You know, I, I understand, you know, being a direct to consumer business, oftentimes it's, you know, it's hard to get your hands on a product. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. it was just so wonderful to have a bunch of product there and, let people come in and try it on and just, you know, some of the kind words that were shared and have people come in and share their experience. I mean, dude, I, it was, it was like living in a dream, Nick. I had to, <laughs> had to pinch myself. I'm like, dude, that was, that was so awesome. And that's to me, that's what it's all about. The Upland community is just such a, a special group of people. I've, you know, I've worked in the hunting space, I guess, or outdoor space, whatever you want to call it for a long, long time. And there's, you know, I'm not, I'm not dogging, any specific hunting groups or anything like that, but man, bird hunters are just a, a pretty special person in my opinion. So I was just so stoked to go and connect with people and, you know, make some new friendships and open some new doors. And I think it, uh, I think it did a lot, a lot of good for us. So we'll, we'll definitely be there every year moving forward. Yeah, that's cool. Like you said, direct to consumer, you know, your, your vests aren't necessarily on store shelves for folks to go check out. And I mean, obviously, as, as you now well know, the Pheasants Forever and Quill Forever, they do a, do a heck of a job with that show. So yeah, I was, I know there's a lot of people excited to drop by and, and see the final rise booth there. So I was happy to hear you guys had a blast. Yeah, well, thank you, man. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see you at the next one, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I got, a, we got a lot of fun stuff to do between now and then, but, uh, you could say I'm counting the days till, uh, Pheasant Fest 2023 because it's, it's going to be in Minnesota. So pretty, uh, pretty easy decision for, for me to be down there this year. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so, man. It'll be awesome. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, yeah. So keep the wheels turning. I'm super pumped for all the growth and uh, every all the development you've had at Final Rise. I, I have no doubt you'll continue to to keep up the great work. And man, thanks for your support of the Birdshot Podcast. I can't thank you enough for that. And it's a great partnership. And I hope folks go check out all your products. And if they don't have a Final Rise vest yet, I hope they hope they might consider one soon. I appreciate it, Nick. Appreciate you. And at the end of the day, man, I, I, I try to just let people know like life's too short to work with people you don't like and that don't uh, don't have the same values and beliefs as you do. So I, I appreciate you both on a, a partnership level and a personal level. You're just a, you're just a good human, man. So thank you for the support. Right on, buddy. Thanks for taking the time to join us on the Birdshot podcast once again, Matt. Oh, and uh, before I forget, we may have something worked up where listeners will have already heard some details about this in the intro, but we might have a little uh, little promotional thing going on with Final Rise. That's right, and uh, ho- hopefully anybody that's been sitting on the fence will, will hop off and take advantage of it. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, thanks for the time tonight, Matt. I appreciate it as always. Take care, my friend. You too, brother. Later. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. That does it for this episode of the Birdshot Podcast presented by Onyx Hunt and Final Rise. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, like, and share, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Birdshot Podcast.
Onyx Hunt is the number one hunting GPS app. Join millions of other hunters who trust Onyx Hunt to find more game, discover new access, and hunt smarter. Onyx Hunt shows you nationwide public and private land boundaries. They've got topographic and 3D maps. You can track your route, location, and elevation profile. You can save maps for offline use and take Onyx Hunt with you wherever you go. The most comprehensive hunting tool you'll own Download the Onyx Hunt app today and use the promo code BSP20 to save 20% on your next Onyx Hunt subscription. Know where you stand with Onyx. Hey everyone, this is Nick from the Gundog It Yourself podcast. If you enjoyed this show, then you might want to check out my show as well. We highlight and break down the ins and outs of training your own hunting dog. Whether it's a bird dog or even the occasional hound dog episode, we cover all topics related to hunting dogs. Check out Gundog It Yourself on any podcast streaming platform and hit the subscribe button to be sure not to miss any future episodes.